What is intimacy anorexia? That's next on today's Live Treasured podcast. Hey there, everybody. I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Live Treasured podcast. Today, I have with me two guests that are very near and dear to my heart, Olivia and Blake. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Glad that you are here. Glad that you are here, even though you did graduate from NC State. (laughs) For for all of you that are listening, that's just a little inside joke to North Carolina. I went to UNC, and these two special friends of mine went to NC State. But anyway, I digress. We're big rivals. (laughs) So um, I am so excited to uh, share with you today uh, their story. They're going to share it with us, which is really um, a gift. And the reason why I want to share it with you is because... Uh, their marriage went through a huge struggle. And I have literally watched as they have pressed into God and waded through God transform their marriage. And God is still working inside of their lives. And um, one of the things that God has laid on their heart is to share their story and to reach back and to help others who might be uh, struggling with something called intimacy anorexia. Now, when Olivia, who is inside the Treasure Tribe, that's that's how I know her, when she first mentioned this to me, I was like, what is that? And <laughs> and But uh, Dr. Doug Weiss, who you're going to hear about in the next podcast, he is the one that coined this phrase, And when I tell you that their marriage has been uh, greatly impacted by this, I'm I'm serious. This is huge. And so today, um, I asked them if they would share their story, and I am just so excited that they have agreed to do so. So thank you so much for letting us into um, this struggle inside of your marriage and how God has been working. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. We're happy to do it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. So um, first, if you'll just tell our audience a little bit about your lives um, and your family and how long you've been married and all that good kind of stuff. (laughs) So we met in 2006 in the fall, uh, ice skating of all places. Oh, sweet. Really started dating not too only a couple of months after we met. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it wasn't, but a few months after that, we felt like there was something right about this relationship, and we were married a year later. <laughs> wow, wow! The whirlwind commenced, if you will. <laughs> the the yeah. whirlwind, the whirlwind. So, so you all were married in two thousand and seven or two thousand six. Yeah. 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and so tell us a little bit about um, your amazing children. I'm just saying <laughs> because I love those two little kiddos. 
<laughs> yes, we have two little girls. Um, they're ages seven and five right now. So we are still very much in the throes of um, the early childhood parenting stage, I would say. We're just getting a handle on elementary school and all yeah. that stuff. So life is pretty busy and hectic for us. Um, you know, lots of sports and school activities and things like that. And we have a 11-year-old fur baby, too, that we love. And um, between the three of them, two kiddos and one fur baby, we stay pretty busy. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. So, and um, and can you tell us, too, so when you all met, you mm-hmm. were both believers, right? You were both in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Like a little bit more recent, um, it, I would say you can probably Yeah, mine that. was, I kind of rededicated the spring of that year. Okay. And really focused my relationship with the Lord because I'd let it slide. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. So, well, right. and you see how God bless you, Blake. He brought you your wife. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought I swore off women and then did the right thing, and then God put that one in my path. There we go. <laughs> okay. Normally, I think. <laughs> yeah. And Olivia, how long have you been a Christian? Um, I accepted Christ when I was um, in first grade. So I had been a Christian for a long time, but I really feel like I came to a true understanding of what that meant when I was in high school. Um, And when I was in my junior year, sophomore year, I think of college when we met, um, because I changed majors and took time off and, you know, all that crazy fun stuff. But um, so, yeah, I've been walking with the Lord for a while. at the time and everything. And I, you know, when we met, I really was not looking for anything. I was kind of, like still says I didn't even talk to him the night that we met, which isn't true. I was, I was polite, but distant. I was just like, yeah. I'm not going to see that again. Yeah. You were playing hard to get. No, I'm just kidding. It worked really well, by the way. There we go. There we go. So, so you all got married and, uh, and built a family and, uh, going to church and um, reading your Bibles and praying and, and doing all those uh, all those things. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, Olivia, um, when did you first realize that there was not something right inside of your marriage? Um, it's, you know, I love this question. I think it's a little, it's tough. I always, Blake and I both have some some difficulties and some trauma from our past. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that headed into our relationship. I'd say even it was one of the things that kind of bonded us together because mm-hmm. we'd both been through some hard things, that, even though they were different things. Um, but because of that, like um, we knew right away that there were some things we were going to have to kind of help each other with just mm-hmm. from a relationship standpoint. Um, I think if I remember correctly, you had kind of asked me Blake about mm-hmm. um like, you know, just how to have, like, more depth, like, in relationships with people and that kind of thing. Because that was something yeah. you felt like you needed. So, um, we kind of went into it knowing that some of that was going to be something we had to work on and work through. Mm-hmm. Um, but right after we got married, um, you know, I just, there, it was very difficult to connect on a deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, physical intimacy was somewhat absent, um, Mm -hmm. I would say, and even a point of like kind of rejection and pain, Mm -hmm. um, for me. And I did, I knew that wasn't quite right. I mean, we were both pretty young and in like our twenties, um, when we got married, we were babies basically. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's our dog. 
It's okay. <laughs> you hear that? That's all, all four babies um, welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of knew right off the bat that there was something not quite right, but I kind of wrote it off as like, we're young, we're immature. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we, we have so much going on. Blake was starting a very intense master's program at the time I was finishing up my undergrad, mm-hmm. um, at state. And so, it seemed to me that there, that it wasn't anything really big to be that concerned about. It was just mm-hmm. like life being busy and crazy in the season that we were in and getting married young, you know, some of these basic kind of things. But as the years kind of ticked by um, and we would have conversations about how to, you know, connect better or like have deeper conversations, it just felt like there was this threshold that we could not break through. Mm-hmm. Um and I began to get very frustrated and very hurt. Um, and I think Blake was frustrated as well um, because it's just he didn't know what to do or how to do anything different. Um, and so we just kind of were in like survival mode, um, just kind of getting one thing one thing to the next, like trying and trying and trying, if that makes sense. Yeah, one, one thing that was really tough is like when you know something is wrong, but you can't quite figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you're constantly, I remember going to the Christian bookstore and I would, I bought like 10 books one time. <laughs> I just went through them one at a time, just trying to yeah. figure out and you know, find things to work on and piece together. Right. But it was just, no matter how much I did, it wasn't hitting the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. I need yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. We, too, we started counseling in probably 2010, Two. I think, mm-hmm. um, just work on what we assumed was communication stuff or, you know, deal with some of the things that we had dealt with, um, from our past and that kind of thing. And like that, it was good. It did help, but it wasn't hitting that core Mm -hmm. issue, like the root of the problem. And we knew that, but it was still really good. So we continued that. Um, we've been really lucky with an amazing counselor to have that, but, um, yeah. So I don't know. Is that, does that answer your question? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, and, and, one of the reasons why I really wanted to do this podcast with you is because, you know, I didn't even know really that there was something like this that existed and you can't conquer what you don't confront. And if you don't know what the problem is, you know, Blake, as you were saying, you know, how do you, how do you address it? How how do you address it? Um, And so you all were essentially going to counseling and it was addressing um, the symptoms of all this and everything, but, mm-hmm. but not yeah. getting to the root, not getting right. to the root of the issue. Um, and so Olivia, you had just said, you know, at first you kind of passed it off as we're busy, we're a young couple, but then there was also, you know, pain and rejection that you felt from mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. and, um, and, and so, but then, so the marriage goes on, you're, you're in counseling. Um, and then Blake, you, uh, confronted Olivia, uh, with, with, uh, a struggle. Um, what motivated you to do this? <laughs> the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You better do this. Kind of, yeah. This was. 2017. So yeah. okay. fast forward several years, we had a huge life transition. He was mm-hmm. getting a new career. Mm-hmm. You were in the middle of law school when this happened. You were getting ready to finish up yeah. um, law school. So, 
There know? you go. So a lot yeah. of a lot of transition, probably a lot of pressure, I would think. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I was in a lot of pain at this point just from um we had been living in Raleigh, mm-hmm. um, North Carolina, and I loved it there. It, I was mm-hmm. it was sort of safe haven. I had a lot of friends there, I had family there, and we left that all behind to pursue something else, which you have to do sometimes. But I kind of had very little community at this point mm-hmm. um, when this occurred. So just mm-hmm. to kind of set the thing. But, yeah. So you, you had little community. You're still mm-hmm. not having that um, closeness inside of your marriage. You right. don't really know why. Um, and right. now you're, you're away from um, not just you know, being able to have that with your husband, but then you don't have the community on, on the outside. So in yes. 2017, um, yep. Blake and our kids too, sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, but that's they were, okay. we, we had a toddler and a baby at this point, like so. <laughs> just a little bit going on, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit sorry. going on. So that might be relevant for someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so everything, so really, you know, um, everything is kind of coming to, um, ahead and the Holy Spirit, Blake, um, nudges you. I, I love that Holy Spirit nudge, you know, when he goes, so the, the Holy Spirit, um, uh, nudged you. And, um, so you came to Olivia and, and what did you share with her? So what I had, uh, share was kind of what I thought might was the issue at the time, mm-hmm. you know, that was interfering with our intimacy and everything. And, um, what had happened when I'd done this massive transition is it was hard on our marriage. And it, I had, I think I was depressed a little bit at a point because all the stuff we were going through, mm-hmm. not even in our relationship, but just a lot of outside stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, slipped back in and started viewing pornography again. And I had done that life and I had told Olivia that before marriage, but it hadn't been an issue. Right. So I was like, I got this. I'm, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, the pride. Yeah. Um, right. And so you, that, that was really hard. And that's why I shared with her then, um, was kind of breaking that saying like, Hey, I did this, um, you know, giving all the details, right. Sharing about that. And, um, you know, when I had stopped and, and ceased and <laughs> yeah, and just being open and honest about everything I could. Yeah. Right. But it was real hard. It's sort of like, you know, somebody dropping a bomb in your life and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, right. Right. Oh, so, like, um, and you just, you, you feel so like betrayed and unseen. And then I think as a, as a woman and having walked a sort of a healing road with just that specifically, it's like, you wonder what's wrong with me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I would say to anyone who knows about this, or maybe you don't know, and you'll know one day that your husband or someone might be struggling. There's absolutely 100% nothing wrong with you at all. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the deeper yeah. issue um, is what we discovered. Yeah. It's a, it's an internal issue within the person, right. the addict, <laughs> right. like a better term. It, it's an addiction, whether, whether it's one time, anything you come back to over and over again when you're hurting or, Right, not, is an addiction. Well, right. for you, that's 
was. It was the pain medication, basically. When yeah. things weren't going well or, you know, life just seemed too overwhelming, that was an easy place to run to kind of feel good for a little bit and kind of get a break was sort of um, – and like that started young for you. Like, I mean, that started yeah. very young. Before I even really realized what was, had any knowledge of what was going on. Right, right. right. So it's, yeah. and those channels, when you start that young, you know, the brain is so neuroplastic. You, you create channels and pathways that are just so well-worn, mm -hmm. you know, it becomes sort of like a path in the forest that's well-worn versus one that's not. So the healthy mm -hmm. path is not as worn as the unhealthy one. And so it takes a lot of time to, work through that and yeah. kind of change the thinking and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Blake, yeah. I just want to commend you, um, for your courage to share that. I know that that was a big, a big step. Um, and that, uh, you know, that that took a lot of courage to do. Um, mm. and so I think that's really amazing. Um, now, Livia, I know you probably were like, okay, it wasn't amazing for me. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So, but whenever we bring anything into the light, it it is really the beginning of the healing process. Um, but I know that right. initially that was really rough, um, you yeah. hearing that. Um, so, yes. and and you just shared, you know, having those feelings of like, what's what's wrong with me? Um, mm -hmm. am I not pretty enough? I mean, right. You know, um, I can only imagine like how, how you felt, what are some words that you would use to describe how you felt? I, I felt shocked. I felt, um, disappointed. I felt not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, the thing that was kind of a bit strange and I would even, well, it might not be that strange, but I think most people I've talked to did not have this experience, but there was some sense in me of, oh, good. We find, I finally know what the problem is. Like, it, and I'm such a type A go-getter that I was mm -hmm. kind of like, well, now that I know what the problem is, of course we can find a solution, you know, and we'll just, you know, fix right. this and be fine. And um, it was so much more complex and complicated than that. Mm -hmm. So I almost dove into this okay, I can do this mode, even though I was hurting and I was crying, I still had all those negative feelings of mm -hmm. betrayal and um, everything like that. But I think that was even like a huge, like, I don't want to say it was a mistake, but I tried to be okay too fast. Um, right, right. And, and so, you know, when you go through something like that, like I think in our culture, especially, um, there's this mindset, well, everybody does that. And that's not a betrayal. And it is like, it's a horrible betrayal mm -hmm. and minimizing it does not, uh, isn't going to help anyone. So like, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to have those feelings, um, of feeling betrayed. Like, I think that's very, very normal. I know you've probably yeah. covered some of that in your podcast before that you've done with, um, Jeremy Wiles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. But that it is, I mean, I feel like it's important to say it is a betrayal. Like, yes. I betrayed her. I betrayed oh. mm -hmm. everyone um, yeah. by doing that. And it was wrong. <laughs> mm. Wow, Blake. That's, that's amazing. Um, that thank you for, for owning that. I know that that you doing that, um, is going to mean a lot to the, to the women that, that were listening. So, so the, so the light has been turned on and um, tell us about your marriage during this time. Like when, when you were trying 
desperately to fix it, whatever, you know, the pornography, because that was the, that was the problem, or you, you know, you felt like that was the problem. What was your marriage like during this time? I'd say it was, it was pretty rocky. <laughs> it was up and down. Uh-huh. There are good days and there are rough days. Um, there was a lot of time in counseling. Mm-hmm. Yes, I instantly called our counselor who we had. He is wonderful. Um, he's retired now, but um, he had we had not met with him in several years. He had kind of helped us through the transition. And then Blake was in school. We had kids. We had struggled with infertility prior to this. So, like, it was a big deal that we had kids, mm-hmm. but we were just focused on so much of life. So I instantly called him. It was like he's confess this to me. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He meets both of us. And basically he was the one who diagnosed it as an addiction for Blake, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you hear that word, it's like really terrifying and mm-hmm. scary, mm-hmm. Uh, to have that term put on it. But he was very gracious and like explained that it was because of how Blake was running to it. And it, he was not, some people in addiction means you're using like every day or you're every two hours or something like that with Blake. His was different. It, it's, it spanned like six months, years even with nothing. And then it would just be life would get too much and then mm-hmm. it would pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it's important for people to realize that, that the motivation behind or the how you define it is not based on a frequency or how often it's much more based on the motivation behind why you're using that or why you're running to that. Um, We were in like a lot of counseling to get back to the main point of the question. Um, And it was really tough because he was graduating that year. I think you told me in April of 2017 and then graduated in like May. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we had we were doing like parties because he was graduating and having family over and you know moving and he was taking the bar exam so it was not um you know there's never a good time to find out about this but it was definitely not ideal because there was just so much life that still had to go on so yeah yeah um, you know we were very busy tackling another big transition, um, another move, another, you know, switch with where we were going to live and how life was going to be. Um, and we were actually moving in with his mom and stepdad for a time after law school. So it was like, it was, it was was really, throw that in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was just like all across the board as insane as you can think of like things being, I mean, it was, it was just very difficult. Um, Because we just, I think I expected once he had talked about that and we got into counseling that the problems connecting would just disappear Mm -hmm. Um, and that he just needed more time to kind of learn how to connect with me as opposed to running to that. And that once he could do that, it would be fine. So I sort of just thought counseling will solve our problems. And like, you know, now that we know what the issue is, we can kind of call a thing a thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, move forward. And that just, it was not going well. And we just continue to, I feel like, spin our wheels and Mm -hmm. get frustrated. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. One thing, too, that um, I want to add in is, Mm -hmm. like Olivia said, that we thought that it would kind of fix things and that would help the connection. And that connection piece is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing I've learned since then is if you don't, in my case, with infancy anorexia and with the pornography addiction, if you don't solve 
the pornography or sexual addiction, whatever it may be, it makes it really difficult to actually even approach the other part. The IA or anorexia. Yep. We call it IA for short. So if you hear that term, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So when, when you mean, if you don't solve this, like, like in other words, if intimacy is the problem, like pornography kind of wrecks that. um, Oh, totally. Because, um, and we're, and for our listeners in our next podcast, um, in our next two podcasts, we're going to be talking with Dr. Doug Weiss and then Dr. Jeremy, uh, or Jeremy Wiles who, um, have experience in this, but what, what they share is that you're having intimacy with an object world. And so Mm -hmm. then that, and Olivia, you were talking about the pathways in the brain. And so it creates those pathways in the brain, right? And mm-hmm. so then when you're trying to have intimacy with your wife on any level, emotionally or whatever, that's, it's like a foreign concept that's totally wrecked. Is that correct? Yeah, because it's, you have a living, breathing person who interacts, who has feelings, who, <laughs> you know, right. has good days, bad days. <laughs> right, right, right. That feels right when you're used to things just going in the object world nobody talks back or says anything different or has their own needs or you know you don't have to learn a person you know in that world versus in reality you you do like that's what you know caring for each other looks like and that's what a marriage is Mm -hmm. and so you're you're trying to basically fight an uphill battle with somebody who's used to object relationship um you know trying to basically just like you, you it just it's impossible when you're used to something a specific way mm-hmm. and the ia or intimacy anorexia and the pornography addiction or any sexual addiction really um kind of wrap and entwine themselves around each mm-hmm. other and it's very difficult to untangle so one can kind of like perpetuate the other one and you know if you don't untangle that mess mm-hmm. um it can be really bad so it actually wound up being really good that we had kind of dealt with the pornography addiction mm-hmm. um, already. You struggled to find a group though, Blake, like, and you really needed that. So yeah. how did you, was it through the Conquer series that you addressed that or was it the Conquer and the Conquer series, just for our listeners, Jeremy Wiles did the Conquer series um, and he's going to be a guest in the uh, part three of the podcast. So you'll be able to listen to that. Um, but that was a part of the, addressing the pornography part correct uh correct i mean i I had done at that point i had done a lot of work for four well three years Mm -hmm. with a counselor Mm -hmm. um staying clean but like olivia said i really had a hard time finding a group of guys to kind of connect with um Mm -hmm. you know went to celebrate recovery groups and Mm -hmm. most of them just i've I've now found out they weren't being run correctly (laughs) the place Uh you but it was basically, it was just, it was not a good situation. It was not helpful. And there was no one kind of keeping it on track. It would just be addicts basically spiraling out of control, sharing their stories. And that doesn't really help anything, but that's right. a different, whole different story. <laughs> right. Um, a good right. group matter, basically. Yeah. You have to have one that's run well. And I would say that community was really, really important. Yeah. So, so anyway. But con- with Conquer Series, I remember, I think it was, like spring 2020 i think it was eileen's podcast was it with jeremy wiles yeah i think like then where he mentioned conquer series and i was like Mm -hmm. i need to listen to that Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I'd wrote it down somewhere and I'd talked to a buddy about it who's going to do it with me. And we just, life got busy. We never got to it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fast forward, you know, what, nine months later down the road, <laughs> so. I'm like, I'm trying to find this thing. We couldn't remember what yeah. it was called. I was like, I know it was on Eileen's podcast. I'm going to go back and dig through her, her, her <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, where was it? Oh, we were, we stumbled at one of our friends. There's a college mm-hmm. has a friend, has a friend who struggled. Yeah. Videographer in their wedding. And he struggled with some very similar stuff. His is a little different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his was mainly the, Mm-hmm. Um, but he mentioned in his podcast with his wife, the Conquer series. So I was like, that's gotta be it. So I that's went and checked and that's what it was. <laughs> so I was like, okay. There I, we go. Yeah. I, you know, I, I bought a church license and, <laughs> <laughs> so and tried had, to get and you had to yeah. buy a church license because you couldn't find a local church that was doing it. Is that is that why? Or right. did you just want to do it? I mean, because I would think to, you know that's not something people like to talk about you know so yeah no church in, that i knew of and mm-hmm. still to this day that i know of in this area is really approaching it mm-hmm. um i bought the church license because it was like 15 dollars more a month but then it was a lot cheaper for other guys to do it with me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i encourage other guys to do it with me <laughs> right 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 so, you know save them money yeah <laughs> overall. yeah yeah also, no, that's great I think you should talk about the group of guys you did find because you cannot heal alone from this stuff. Like that was huge for you. So can yeah, talk the, about that for a second? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, with this stuff, and Conquer Series really hits it on the head too. Um, you really have to have, as a man, healing from this. Two, They say two to four, five guys who know basically everything about you Um, And most guys deal with some kind of struggle and know about the struggle on some level, even Mm -hmm. if it's not been dominant in their life. But until you really get that, you kind of harbor that shame. You harbor that I'm just weird. I'm odd. I'm the odd man out. Nobody else Mm -hmm. deals with this but me. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. Huge lie from the enemy. (laughs) Yeah, the enemy. Mm -hmm. I could write a book just filling up the lies that the enemy has told me across my lifetime. Mm -hmm. It would would be a long book. It would be boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, yeah, go ahead. Just having a group of men, and for me, I found one guy in particular who he'd been through similar struggles. We both, he was a little further ahead of me in his kind of recovery, um, but then I was ahead of him in some other aspects of recovery. So we kind of, and we were open to talking about it, and we just hit it off and really just shared a ton about each other's lives and got to know each other well and really helped each other battle and fight through this. And like when we're tempted, it's like, Hey, dude, I need some help. You know, come call me, praying for me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you found that. You know, um, I I remember my pastor's wife telling me um, because my husband has a a close friend. Also, she said, you know, that's really um, a gift. Not a lot of men have that. Um, and then <laughs> to topple on it, you know the the subject of pornography. Um, one of the things that I discovered in, you know, in interviewing Jeremy Wiles is that a lot of churches don't offer this because sometimes the pastors are struggling with this and they don't, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, 
Well, I mean, you know, they, they don't want to open up that Pandora's box. I mean, it, the percentage right. actually is um, unfortunately high. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think it's 60%. I'd have to go back and listen to that original podcast. But um, so yeah. it's, it's really important to, to have these groups. Um, and so I'm so thankful that, that you did find that. So you, so you did the, the Conquer series. But then there was still something else, right, that had had to be put into place, and that was the intimacy anorexia. So how did you find mm-hmm. out about Dr. Doug Weiss's materials, who he's going to be in the next podcast for all of you listening and are like, you know, who's this Dr. Doug Weiss guy? So <laughs> how, how did you find out about uh, that and, and, and intimacy and anorexia. I see why you say IA instead of, (laughs) you can get tongue tied out of that. So how did you find out about that? So in Conquer series, Doug, Dr. Doug Weiss has snippets where he's talking about things. Um, but really the, how I stumbled upon intimacy anorexia was having the church license for soul refiner, which Mm -hmm. is who hosts the Conquer series. Mm Mm-hmm gave me access to all their other studies so at the time they had a study on there's a parenting one and they had a study called stronger together that was before marriage and so i was like oh this seems really good well you know while i'm working on conquer series let's listen to this too and i listened to it and watched it and as i'm going through it i'm just hearing things that they're saying in this in the study and it's just echoing things that Olivia said across our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like a roommate, uh, mm-hmm. feeling she's not connected to, like she's not important. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the list goes oh, <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of things. It was just mm-hmm. a lot of things that started hitting. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it took me a few weeks to get the courage to get Olivia to watch it. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I think you really, really, you really need to see this because I think this is what our problem, what is. Our problem is. Mm-hmm. 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 So it, it, it validated, it connected the dots. It validated, you know, what Olivia was sharing with you. Um, and, and so I bet it was like a light bulb moment. Like this is, this is what we've been, we've been looking for. Um, yeah. Was it a turning point inside of your marriage? I think, I, I think it was in a way, mm-hmm. uh, it not really in the way of us, being more connected but just having an idea of okay this this seems like it's right this is the path we need to be working on to mm-hmm. really heal mm-hmm. um so it was a turning point is actually knowing what the core issue was right right mm-hmm. <laughs> um but because of the trauma that olivia had to deal with i mean that takes that's a lot of stuff to deal with it for 14 years yeah um, a lot of hurts a lot of things to go through and even to this day i think there's it can be difficult to trust because it's like, well, is he going to keep doing this recovery or is he going right. to go back or right. not? It was kind of a constant digging in. And, you know, even though I heard the concept about it, this was back in April, mm-hmm. March or April. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was March. I yeah. think it was March when you came to me. And, yeah. and there was still so much information to be gained. <laughs> yes. Stronger together is almost like intimacy anorexia light for beginners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, 
and it's to, a series like and from- so you you were love starved like that's kind of like yeah. the the idea or the um you know what in, intimacy anorexia is just sort of in in layman terms um and for those of you that want to know more in our next podcast I've got Dr. Doug Weiss who coined this term who um who I interviewed on this so you'll be able to listen to that next week um and also Olivia said that she would do a Zoom call for anybody who wanted to ask questions about her experience. Um, and we're going to yes. do that inside of the Treasure Tribe. And you can go to treasuretribe.com to find out more information on that. And that's going to be on Thursday, December 9th at 10 a.m. But um, is that like an accurate sort of layman's term description mm-hmm. of, of what you felt? Yes, I would say so. It's and intimacy anorexia is basically, as Dr. Doug Weiss defines it, the act of withholding of intimacy okay. from your spouse, like spiritually, emotionally, sexually, um, any of those different ways. And it tends to be withholding in the ways that you specifically need love um, in order to feel connected to someone. Um, and that that's it. Took me a long time, like a long time, to get to the point where I could say that it was intentional. Like it just, um, Blake's, Blake's brand of intimacy and anorexia is a little bit different than most people's based on what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that is like a, Oh, like this is great. Or <laughs> cause it's so really, it's been so hard, mm-hmm. but, um, he, he's not, um, an angry person. He's not, um, a narcissistic person. He's not, um, domineering in any way mm-hmm. or really ugly and nasty. Like there are many women who that is how their life is. And it mm-hmm. honestly, very verbally and emotionally abusive for them day in and day out. And that just was not, um, what I knew. So it was, it was very hard for me because I'm like, well, this doesn't fit like all these other things I'm reading, like, um, you know, and some of that, but it's just, we, we just were not, he was, Blake wasn't learning what I needed to feel loved. And after 14 years, it's sort of like, okay, (laughs) what in the world is happening? And and he's very smart. I mean, he has three degrees. And so it's like, I was like, why can we go to school and get lots of degrees, but we can't seem to like apply the learning to our relationship. Like something didn't fit and match up about that. If that makes sense. Um, and I just, I felt so hideously ugly, like just from the physical rejection, like, um, and everything. And that was probably one of the most brutal yeah. aspects of this for me. And it's, it's a really, it's kind of convoluted, like Olivia said. I was telling a friend the other day, <clears throat> giving an example. It's kind of like you're, if you're sitting on the couch with your spouse, and your spouse says, I would really love a hamburger. I am so hungry. You're like, okay, that sounds good. I can I can do that. But then you go out and you mop the floor, you wash her car, you blow the leaves out of the yard, you do everything but all these good things, but you're not doing the one thing that they needed. And then you go and you say, oh, I couldn't find a hamburger that was close enough, so I got you a hot dog. You know, <laughs> so it's like you're still sustaining, but you're not giving what they really need. Gotcha. And it's it's kind of the scary thing about how this stuff operates and until you realize it it's like well i'm doing i'm doing xyz i'm doing all these good things can't you see mm-hmm. right but mm-hmm. 
you're not loving them the way they need to be loved. Right. Right. And in church, it's even harder because, um, you know, so, so there are some good things in scripture that push contentment and, um, you know, being thankful and all these kinds of things. And so in church settings, it was really difficult for me because Blake was doing all these great things. He's really good about helping out around the house with our kids and, um, you know, once again, I don't think that's even typical with intimacy and anorexia. We could handle the business parts of life really well together. Like we could solve issues and handle how to get kids from one thing to another and where we we're going to move and a house we we're going to have. But it's just we could not if there was something I really like needed to connect on or I needed encouragement or I was really discouraged or, you know, just really wanting to be with him. That wasn't ever something that was an option, but he could then serve in other ways like well i'll go do the yard and i'll cut the grass and that's because acts of service is like your number one love language so he kind of would just run to what was easy for him that looked really good too especially to everybody else on the outside and so then when i had a problem it was sort of like oh what's wrong with her like why is she so Mm -hmm. crazy she's a great husband you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that can be very isolating for women because yeah. Everybody else is seeing one thing on the outside. And then when that door closes and it's just the two of you alone, you're just miserable. Like, and you feel so distanced and so hurt and so in pain. Um, and you can't really talk about it because nobody understands because what they see is one way and what you're experiencing is something totally different. So nobody really validates your pain. If you even get to the point where you're comfortable opening up about it. Um, you know, and then it's sort of, well, what can you do different? What can you? And it's like, I've literally tried everything I can think of to connect with this man. I don't know what to do. Like, I just like, you know, I try to bend over backwards. I would like write notes. I would try, you know, you know, I think, and I think any girl who's gone through the rejection of like physical intimacy, it's like, I've bought different outfits. I've, you know, done this. I've done that. Like, I've tried to be prettier. I've tried to do more makeup. I've tried to do less makeup. I've tried to get my nails done. It's like, you, you, you can wear your yourself out trying to fix it if you believe that you're part of the problem and I think for a long time I did Mm -hmm. but then I had to come to this realization that I was not like this was his issue that he had to deal with and decide to heal from um yeah and that was that was really just really hard um to kind of recognize I couldn't do anything like to make him better um or our marriage, like he had to take responsibility. And I think, um, you know, I think I was very codependent, even just in this, from the standpoint of like terrified to lose him, like yeah. and, and mm-hmm. bend over backwards and jump through all the hoops. And, mm-hmm. and when they say jump, jump, and when they, and it, it's exhausting, like, mm-hmm. and it's just no way f- to live your life. Like, um, and it sucks you of all your energy really and your God given talents. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to do what God's calling you to do when you're living for someone else, which is basically what I was trying to do um, because I needed my marriage to work and be good. And um, I was almost like attached to that mindset, like in an unhealthy way, I would say that prevented me from setting some good boundaries Um, because that wasn't a conversation I had growing up or, you know, when I was young about how to set boundaries in a marriage. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Totally. I mean, and um, you know, uh, I can imagine just um, lots of frustration, you know, at, at this mm-hmm. point on both ends, you know, yeah. um, with with wanting to, to solve it. Um, and something Dr. Doug Weiss 
we'll talk about in the next podcast, is that, you know, he did a study and that women who are starved of love from the sin of withholding, the trauma that they experience is similar to that of uh, women who have been through um, the, the infidelity, the betrayal, the infidelity. So, so it is a yep. betrayal. Um, and yep. like you have owned that and I, I appreciate that. Um, so, so you, you knew that you were excited about like the fact that intimacy anorexia, that was, it was like validating everything that was going on. And yep. you decided to go to an intensive counseling session in Colorado to, yep. to take that, um, to mm-hmm. take that yeah. step. So tell us, tell us about your experience, um, with Dr. Weiss at the Heart Heart Counseling um, Center that week that you had there. Before we dive into this, I'm just going to say this. I was really angry <laughs> that we needed to do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I was really, um, I think after the pornography confession, like now we moved to this and I was like, great, here's another thing that like needs our attention. And like, I was just in this negative headspace of like, nothing has worked before. Mm -hmm. Why would this work? Even though it sounds like what we're dealing with, Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. And we did multiple things before we decided to go to intensive. Like Mm -hmm. we did the whole Stronger Together series. Mm-hmm. Then we started watching everything Dr. Doug Weiss had on YouTube because he's got a wonderful YouTube channel. Like mm-hmm. if you are hearing this and you're like, oh, I want to know now and um, listen to the podcast, but you can go on YouTube and look up like Dr. Doug Weiss, Intimacy mm-hmm. Anorexia. He's got tons of amazing wonderful. free resources like on YouTube. Um, and so we started literally watching everything that we could. And what we couldn't figure out, I think at the time, was Blake's just seemed really different from some of the things that we were reading about. And we knew that he had this, but it seems, it seemed not the same at the same time. So that was kind of what led us to decide to go to intensive, Mm -hmm. um, which is a week long. Well, you can do a three or a five day intensive. Mm -hmm. You can do one with Dr. Doug Weiss himself, or he has staff and counselors who, um, also do the intensives. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the one thing I love about his counseling center, he um, has everybody do polygraph tests to confirm like their sexual purity, basically. Mm-hmm. So that when you go, you know, you're getting someone who isn't just talking one way and doing something else mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. doors, which if you're dealing with any type of like sexual addiction or pornography addiction, that's Mm -hmm. really important. And I didn't really think about that ever until he started saying it, but you know, you need somebody who's doing what you're trying to do, not telling you to do one thing and then they're addicted themselves. And (laughs) you know, um, so that's, that was a really good um, thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what do you anything Blake about kind of what led us to go to intensive. Um, The only thing I probably had is just, you know, we felt like we wanted to do everything we could beforehand prepare so that we could really go into intensive and say, mm-hmm. this is what we know we're dealing with. <laughs> right. Do you get it confirmed? What can we do better? What can we improve on? Right. How can we fix this? I mean, it was kind of the, um, we wanted to nip this thing once and for all and get the root out. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's why 
Lily and I both talked about, we're like, we just need to let's go with Dr. Weiss because right. he's the one who created it. Let's go with him and meet with him. Well, and I was at the place too where I was realizing if this didn't get fixed, we were done. Like we were not going to be able to sustain this forever. Like it was just not going to be possible. And so um, I was hitting that scary place of like the end of my rope, like just being completely fed up with trying so hard, giving so much love back to feel like I, some, some women call it getting breadcrumbs. It's like, you need a meal, like you need like a steak filet mignon dinner Mm -hmm. and somebody drops a few crumbs on your plate and that's supposed Mm -hmm. to like help you. Um, So I, I just, I was glad to go to, intensive but i was also it was almost a last ditch effort i would say too like mm-hmm. of we've got to do this and we need to go to the best of the best available because if we don't like this is i don't know what can really Else help we can do yeah <laughs> right yeah right yeah and so when when you call blake called to schedule it um which also I would say this to people listening because this is really important. Most men are not the ones who find out about this. And most men are very resistant to wanting to handle this issue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if, if, if you're a woman and you're listening to this and like, you're like, this sounds like my marriage, um, be really careful if you're going to talk to your husband, how you approach it. And I would say really pray through that because, it's very hard to admit that you have this problem, especially if somebody else comes to you and says it like we had a very different and unique situation and that Blake found this first. That's not mm-hmm. um, typical. And I can only say that because I'm in a, like a support group for wives with, um, cause Dr. Doug Weiss runs several Facebook groups through his um, counseling center for people who are married to someone who has IA so that there's a place where you can share your stories and people don't think you're insane, which is really nice. <laughs> Yeah, But I just know from talking to several women um, and some of them messaging me uh, with different posts and things like that inside that group, that that's not normal and not typical. Um, So, you know, just if you're listening to this and it's striking a chord with you, um, I would just caution you to be really careful about how you proceed and very prayerfully consider what your next step needs to be um, just because of that. So that's my little out there. Right. But yeah, so we, we, when you called the schedule intensive, though, he he didn't have anything available for like three months, I think. He was like three or four months out when you called the schedule. It was five months. So. Yeah. So we decided we were going to go. We decided we really wanted to meet with Dr. Doug Weiss because we just needed the expert. I was like, this has been going on for 14 years. Like, and there was still thing. there were still things happening. Like, even once we knew about it, it's not like you learn about an issue and all your problems stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so we were still having like episodes of like withholding and mm-hmm. just like, and, and Blake, you were so hell bent and determined like about your good intentions kind of thing. Like you were just like, dig my heels in. I'm well intentioned. It doesn't like, you were almost like, it doesn't matter what I do because my heart's in such a good place was sort of like where yours would come from. Would you say that's right? Yeah. No, the intentionality part is probably the hardest thing to really grasp is because you on some level you do know there's something wrong with what you're doing but you don't want to believe it at the same time because yeah Yeah. it's you know there's like i always say it's like the prefrontal cortex the logic part of your brain it's like i know this is how i feel i know Mm -hmm. this is it but then you have for me it's like i had trained myself even way before i met olivia to respond to things in a certain way Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so like having to work and undo some of that training and stuff was really difficult. Yeah. 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 Still really. struggling and trying to like learn about IA while we were experiencing <laughs> symptoms of IA. Like mm-hmm. it just, it was really, really hard. We well, got a lot of books. We got a lot of studies. Um, there's like partner, partner betrayal trauma is a great book series that Dr. Weiss has. There's like a workbook and a step book for you to get into a group. Um, if you've dealt with like sexual addiction stuff with your spouse, that's really helpful. And even if you have like IA, because of the fact exactly what you said, like the study that he did, because the betrayal is the same in terms of how you're affected. Um, that's really helpful. And then if you're dealing specifically with IA, there's married and alone, um, which is what I got, um, and I started with partner betrayal trauma, but because the, I felt like it was more relevant for some of the pornography stuff. And that had been several years ago at that point. Um, so married and alone was a much better, it just felt more relevant, relevant to me. But, um, Dr. Weiss told me, he's like, you need to do the partner one too. And I'm like, yeah, I probably do. (laughs) Um, so, but those are fantastic series and you got the book series on, um, what's it called? Intimacy Anorexia. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Nothing. Like, okay. yeah, that's it. It's, it's what it is. <laughs> so, and we'll put in the podcast description, we'll put a link to Dr. Doug Weiss's, um, uh, website. Um, yeah. so, so, and, and this really, um, I want to thank you all for sharing your story. And I know that God is working powerfully um, inside of your life. I mean, I've seen just a huge, a huge shift. And I know that it's continuing to shift. Um, And I love how you all are um, reaching back and beginning to help uh, other people struggling with this you know, looking into starting groups at your church, reaching out to friendships. Um, and mm-hmm. now, you know, Olivia, I know you can tell me, I can spot it in people now. <laughs> like, got to talk yeah. to them. So, yeah. So I'm I'm excited about, you know, just the, the healing that God is bringing into your marriage and how you're reaching back. And I think, you know, Blake, one of the things when I was talking to Dr. Doug Weiss is really the vastness of this problem. And I wonder how many other men are out there or women out there listening to this where their husbands, this is their struggle, this is resonating with them, um, or men who, you know, are just addressing the pornography but not getting to the root of the issue. And by you all having the courage to come and share and bring light to this issue, um, people will know more about it. This was certainly brand new to me. I'd never heard of this. Um, mm-hmm. And it is amazing um, what what is happening inside of your marriage. And I just want to commend you guys for, you know, tackling the problem. And Blake, I love how, you know, you've been willing to, to work and willing to share and, um, you know, in, in all those sorts of things. Um, and I just, uh, thank God, Olivia, for just your, um, prayerful persistence and, and steadfast in, inside of this. Um, and I think it's, it's really amazing what God is doing inside of your life. So I want to thank you for sharing, 
uh, your story with us. And again, I want to say that Olivia is going to be inside of the Treasure Tribe. If you want to find out more about how to join Treasure Tribe, you can go to treasuretribe.com on Thursday, December 9th at 10 a.m. on a Zoom call. So if you wanted to ask Olivia about anything that she went through, she'll she'll be there. Um, Olivia, what would you say to any woman out there who is struggling inside of her marriage and can resonate uh, with your story? What would you speak to her and say to her today? I would tell her you're valid in your pain and in your concerns, so don't question yourself. Um, it's not a problem with you. And so don't listen to those lies when you hear them, um, because you're certainly probably being fed a lot of them. This issue didn't start with you. And so you're not going to be able to be the one to fix it. Mm. Um, I would say self-care is really important. Mm. Figure out some ways to take care of you and build in time for yourself because you're probably very neglected. Mm. Um, and so even if it's like, go get your nails done once a week, or um, I don't know, get a facial massage, or even just taking a walk, mm-hmm. you know, find some way to build something in that kind of breathes some life back into you. Um, and then I would also just encourage you to go to um, Dr. Doug Weiss's website and get some resources behind you on mm-hmm. to give you some language to start discussing things. Um, if that's where God leads you and what he wants you to do, um, I highly recommend intensives. Um, I think they're really great. Ours was fantastic um, for us. And I would say a huge turning point um, just in so many ways, the skills we got there and the things we were taught about that I never would have even thought about before um, have been really applicable even since we've gotten home um, and just really helpful. And just like, don't, don't give up. Um, You know, healing is possible. Um, but set really good boundaries so that you're protecting yourself because just saying yes to someone who is neglecting you all the time isn't going to help them get better. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, also get a good counselor behind you, but preferably someone who is IA trained. Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Weiss has a way that you can check um, for counselors who are trained in sexual addiction or intimacy anorexia on his website. Um, And don't, because some counselors will give you really poor advice and they're well-intentioned. They just don't understand this problem and how sneaky it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So make sure you get someone who really knows what they're talking about so that you aren't traumatized further by counseling that's just you know well-intentioned but ignorant right um right if that ends yeah and take care please take care of yourself like <laughs> take care you of you boo yeah that's yeah all right and lots of bible time lots of time in the word of god like uh, treasured tribe has been huge mm-hmm. for me like just across dealing with all of this stuff because it's just you know our faith keeps us grounded and the word of god mm-hmm. keeps our minds renewed um and you need your mind renewed if you are dealing with this stuff let me tell you (laughs) yeah 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 for sure for sure yeah and what better way to you know to to hear god loves you and to hear him speak to you than than to read the word of god um and that's always that's always available um to you there and uh definitely definitely so um Blake, I want to ask you in closing, um, can you speak directly to a woman who may be experiencing this struggle right now um, in inside uh, of her marriage? 
what does she need to hear? Um, I'd probably say <laughs> you're not crazy. <laughs> you're not insane and you're not to blame. Mm -hmm. you know, this, um, this stuff is, I is very sneaky and like we've talked about, it can look like everything's great on one side, you know, one view, but then behind closed doors, it's, it's horrendous. Um, Dr. Weiss talks about like when you're involved in this situation, it's like you've been in a car wreck, but your husband was driving. Well, you both people are still responsible for their healing. Unfortunately, it stinks. And it's the worst part about it is, mm -hmm. is like you still have to kind of, as I think as a wife be determined, you know, I'm going to work on my healing regardless of what my husband does. Right. Um, I hope he gets better. And Livy's had to say that with, you know, with me too, it's like, I hope he gets better, but if he doesn't want to do the work or chooses not to, um, then there's nothing, I can't make that choice for him. Right. Right. I think just realizing that you're, you're not to blame. You're not crazy. Yeah. You, you are beautiful. God created you. Um, your your attractiveness has nothing to do with it right that's um, huge <laughs> it is a hundred percent an insecurity and in the man um in a hundred percent like probably with just the way he determined how to medicate um you know with the situation to keep himself safe right that's what a lot of a lot of it is about is about some kind of emotional safety because us as men didn't a lot of men don't I've talked to don't even have any idea how to really share feelings or connect emotionally. Mm -hmm. They know on a on a high level what to do, but actually doing it is really tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think because of that, it makes oftentimes women feel like they have to overcompensate. Mm -hmm. And I think it's you know, important to say too, it's you don't have to overcompensate. Mm -hmm. You know, like Libby said, sometimes you need to set a little bit of a boundary. It doesn't mean that you don't try, but you set a boundary and you say like, okay, this is what I'm willing to do. I need you to come the other, you know, the other 90. <laughs> right, right. I'll go, I'll go 10, I'll go 50, but I need you to come towards me um, because that's important for, for the healing with some of this. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And you know what? Because codependency was my gig for a long time. I hope mm -hmm. all of you women out there heard that. Don't <laughs> Set boundaries. Woo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so big believer in yeah. that. Um, mm -hmm. I, um, I'm just so thankful for you all coming on and having the courage to share your story. And I know that this is going to resonate um, with so many couples and women everywhere. And so I just appreciate you all so much. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank, Thank you. you for having us, Eileen. Yes, yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah, God is doing good things, good things inside of this marriage, and he wants to do good things inside of yours. And That's like right. I said, we will leave the links to Dr. Doug Weiss in our podcast description so that you can uh, find out about more of their resources. And if you want to talk directly with Olivia, come and join the Treasure Tribe. She is going to do a Zoom call where she'll be there to answer any of your questions. And that's going to be on Thursday, December 9th. 
at 10 a.m. And to find out more information about Treasure Tribe, just go to treasuretribe.com. Thanks so much for listening in, everybody. Have a fantastic week. And in our podcast next week, I've got Dr. Doug Weiss. Bye-bye.